Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, all right. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Craft Impero podcast. You are here with your host, the Viking. And the Bourbon Cowboy. And uh, it is going to be 82 degrees today. Well, that's what they're predicting. Well, that's what they're predicting. Right yeah. now, it's 73. Uh, sunny, little itty-bitty bit of wind. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we're out here on the patio. We're going to do... Some, patio where? Got uh, Tom at the Vikings homestead. At the lair, the Viking lair, out yeah. here on the back porch, out here in Wildwood Country. Wild, wildhood, Wildhood. Yeah. Someone yeah. said that the other day, and I'm like, what the fuck? Everybody calls something the hood. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like, but wild where, hood works. It does. The pear hood. No, Chester, really work. Chester hood. That's my favorite one. Yeah, you can't just you can't remove field and put hood in place. It doesn't work, man. Yeah, you a can't lot of do people that. do that. Like Hood River, like Wood River, Hood River. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, we're out here, and this is episode ninety-eight. Eight. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Anyway, yeah, crazy day. Weather is utterly amazing. We've got a cover over us. We're down in the on the lower patio, I guess you call that. Uh, but um, we're not. The wind's not too bad. We got a mm-hmm. bunch of trees breaking it inside of the house, and but, so we should be all right. Yeah. I'm well, gonna... do we want to? You want to talk about? The, this uh, car, yeah. So this is the CAO uh, Firewalker. It's part of the Arcana series. Um, we picked these up at Lit Cigar Lounge. If you remember, we did another Arcana with Rusty last year. That was the Mortar Coil, and that was the one that when we all sat down, um, everyone cold drawed it, and we all started joking because we all. Almost instantly, it's probably the most universal cold draw that I think I've seen, even for people that don't cold draw. And uh, um, it tastes like Fig Newtons. So those sold out incredibly quick. I mean, those boxes disappeared within weeks. And uh, these dropped a couple of weeks ago, and they've been moving as well, too. There's something really interesting about this tobacco, though. So part of the filler that's in here, the reason they call it the Firewalker, is they actually ferment the filler, then put it in a pilone, and then bury it in volcanic soil for for a few months, and then they dig it up and ferment it again. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't. I don't really uh, get that, but we'll see. So, all right. Yeah, let's light these things up, and then uh, we've got our special little black old forester glasses. Bar- Ports of bourbon in a barrel, bury it in, well, that's in like, the woods next to an old oak tree. Dude, that's, <laughs> I, mean, uh, I want to say it's Diplomatico rum has their seven fathoms rum where they put it in a barrel, waterproof the barrel and drop it 70 feet below the water for three days or whatever well, and bring it up. I 
I guess I could see that. It may have something to do with pressure and um, the way the barrel's moving. You know, because in the Rick house, right, they turn those barrels, but it's not moving. But it's just like the ocean, uh, the ocean project through Jefferson. Oh, and those whistle, barrels and, are and, always and uh, Whistle Pigs Roadstock. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that will have something to do with increasing the time by movement in the barrel, and then maybe depth, and you know, has some crazy bullshit to it. You know, who knows? But yeah. Well, we thought we'd fire these up. We never had these before. We do have some cool stuff on the podcast today. It will be the first uh, cash strength scotch tasting. Um, our first time with Old Forester Rye. And then we've got a special Maker's Mark thing that we're going to do a little later during the episode. So that'll be fun. So we're just getting these lit up. And yeah, what the cowboy was talking about. So when I was in Louisville last, I went to Old Forester and they have these Glen Cairns that are pitch black and have Old Foresters stenciled onto them. So they're really deceiving. And they're a little heavier than a regular Glencairn. So when they're empty, you're not entirely sure they're empty, you're not entirely sure they're full. So, cheers on that. Yeah, cheers. And it's the 100 proof rye. It's like a $28 bottle. Now, I could have swore I bought an Old Forester rye. Now, is there a hundred proof, and then there's is there a ninety or something under it? It's the same thing, only it's a little less proof. There's another rye, yeah. yeah. Because I had a little gathering at my house, and we ran out of Ridden House. Yeah. And one of my patrons was laughing, and I'm like, "Okay, we're out." And he's like, "Okay, so are you saying you don't have anything else in the basement?" So I went down and grabbed an old Forester rye, and I thought this was what it was—a hundred proof, and. It was fantastic yeah. with the um, the Manhattan I made. And your Manhattans are really good. Um, but I'm just saying, I don't substitute Rittenhouse too often, but I did with this, and it was excellent. I'm curious on that, because I didn't realize until last week. So you know Old Forester has their years, right? And then they have the bottle and bond, and then they have the 115 proof, right? Well, that bottle and bond's 100 proof. Well, there's another Old Forester that's in that same bottle, but it's got red, black, and orange on it that is 100 proof. It's just not bottle and bond. So it's not. there's nothing saying they don't have a rye, and then that's just a 100 proof rye well, in that shape, style, bottle. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, this is pretty smooth. I like that a lot. Which is good, so... Well, I'm trying to pick up some notes on this. How's right? it starting? Well, there's no real crazy. No, there's not like that something that hits you right off the bat. It's more like um, kind of some earthy tones to it yeah i can see that now the cap the um i don't know what the wrapper is but there is some buttery taste off the the end and i i don't know i doubt that's the cap i just think that's a wrapper i'm getting a little buttery 
And you know how it goes. That. When you first start, yeah. you get a little wet, start getting into that wrapper. It's a little buttery, but I don't know if that is a Habano. I well, mean, it's so smooth. Retro, because what's interesting to me is there's not really any spice on the palate when you draw through it until you retro it. And now it's like awakening some spice. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, I don't think. But, but it's real kind of earthy, spicy mm -hmm. stuff. You can see butter there, like butter and popcorn. But we're just getting into that, so we'll keep burning through that. Uh, we did talk a little bit. We got we to gotta wrap this out. We've been talking about the show for five episodes now. We finished 1883. Yes, we did. Okay. Um, you happy with it? Oh, yeah. I, like I told you. That doesn't seem right. Uh, um, what is her name? Isabel? I mean, her Elf. real Isabel or something, the actor. Oh, I don't know her real name, but yeah. Okay, well, whatever. She's just freaking... I thought she was amazing. That that girl is gonna be highlighting movie roles for hot the as rest, can be, especially when life. they got her in that Indian outfit. It just went to a whole new level. Like those last three episodes. Sam said, "You need some chaps. Just put them chaps yeah. on." You're like, and the chaps were good enough. And then, you know, uh, she got the little vest, and I'm like, you know, when the not shaven thing didn't really bother me. I thought it would, but didn't really. The armpit hair. Oh wow! I must have missed that. Yeah, you did. So it was very subtle, but I remember reading something because it popped up and they were talking about it. And Sheridan said in the show he wanted it to be as authentic as possible. And they said the farthest date they could go back to women's hygiene, including shaving—I mean, armpits, legs, anything—was the early twenties. I mean, you're fighting for your life every day. I, I doubt. You know, you're worried about armpit, armpit hair. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure. And I'm, I'm sure, sure those people that we saw in there looked 20 times better than what if we'd have been actually there. Well, that's what I said my joke was with, with um, Tim McGraw. Is like, he's all dirty, filthy, this rugged ass dude. Then he smiles and he's got perfect teeth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that had to be rough on Tim McGraw because number one, He's not used to any hair on his head at all. No facial hair, no top hair, just a cowboy hat. Yeah. So, and then whenever he took it off, it just looked like, God, that looked uncomfortable. Yeah. That matted black hair. Uh, and, you know, just the Sam sweat Elliott. Just permanently pushed it down. <laughs> Sam Elliott is one of my favorite cowboys. He's one of my favorite guys, but man. He was so whiny through that whole series. I mean, I can't believe nobody picked up on that. And then the end, well, you know, those who've watched it know what happened there. But he did what he said he was going to do, though. He was yeah. going to take his wife to see the ocean, and he did. Now, we have to say, spoiler alert. I'm going to. He, you know, for people who haven't done but It's Wednesday. You should have seen that show. Yeah. It came out at 10 right. a.m. on Sunday. But I gotta tell you, I really enjoyed the relationship with his daughter in the Indian. I thought that was badass. I really, I really liked that with Sam. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that. I really, I really thought. I was saying last week, I was like, "Damn!" Because originally we were wondering if it was going to continue, like same characters. Um, but it did. It did end up. You know, he rode out. She's under the tree. If you pay attention to that tree, that's the tree in the front yard of the Dutton Ranch where everybody's buried. 
if you go back and look at it, that's what it's supposed to be. So that's where they build. That's where they build the big house. Oh. Um, well, I knew it was somewhere there. I didn't know it was in the. That where they all have their meetings and all that yeah, shit out there. Yeah, uh, and like in the in the first episode of Yellowstone season one, when uh, the older brother dies and he gets buried there, you know, there's a faded grave that's supposed to be Nelson's uh, grave or whatever. But um, I thought it was great. I really liked the way it ended. I mean, I was like, okay, dude. You said she didn't have a week to live. You put her on a horse. You rode her all the way to fucking Yellowstone, right? And now she's going to sit here and tell you about birds for an hour? <laughs> she's dying. Just let her die. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But I did like how the, the other Indians took her in. They took her into the fucking Iowa, uh, um, Iowa, uh, Iowa Saka. Am I saying that right? Yeah. I mean, what are the Iowa chances Saka? you meet at the end? One of the coolest Indians of all oh, time. <laughs> Right, of I mean, time. he's so chill. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, hopefully you know about arrows. And he's the, like, hey, man, bro. You know, they dip their shit in manure, and this ain't gonna, it, she ain't going to make it. Right. You know. And, and I did, like how he said, in seven years, my, in seven generations, my family's going to come back for that land. He goes, you can have it in seven generations. Now, that, that has a, to set up the end of Yellowstone. You're damn right. And I don't know how many people picked that up. But that was the agreement, and I don't know how because many. Because the seventh generation is Casey's son. That's the seventh generation of Duttons. Wow. If if John, if if Tim McGraw's character is John Dutton's great great grandfather, right? Hmm. That's four. And then, right, four, four, and then Casey five. His son, well, that's six. His son was six. So we've got a ways to go. Yeah. But either way, yeah. Well, no, I, you know, for me, listen, his writing is absolutely fantastic. But, man, to see, you know, now I spent 10 years out in the mountains and I've seen that kind of land and been up in it and it's, it's mesmerizing. And it's like so big, it's so much bigger than you. It makes you feel so small, like you're not that big of a deal right you're not when it's, you're out there it's just that's why they call it big sky country yeah it's amazing i've said this before i know like you've ridden horses and you've owned horses and stuff like that but i'm like look animals like that will very quickly make you realize you are only man right you are not the baddest fucking thing in the world right like i remember getting up on i'm a big dude horse that's gonna carry me has got to be a big horse you get on that thing and you feel it moving around and you're like good Mm. Yeah, I joke forever. The one time I was walking or riding this horse, and the lead, she was like, "Hey, if, if he starts to eat down, you just pull up on his reins, and he'll keep going forward." I pulled up on that horse. That thing looked at me, and went right back to eating. I was like, "My bad, dude. Sorry. <laughs> you do your thing." Well, <laughs> you know, get in a stall with them, and and put their tack on. And you know, my horse, I had him for nine years, and. Uh, you know, most of the time he was pretty good with me. There was some times where, you know, maybe he had a gut issue or whatever and wasn't happy with me, whatever was going on. But man, they're really temperamental and they're fucking big. I had a 16 hand thorough, uh, thoroughbred slash quarter horse and uh, he was 16 hands. He was a big fucking horse. So you're looking at anywhere from a thousand to 1200 pounds. And you got to just really be fucking careful. They're big motherfuckers, and they're smart. I mean, yeah. I've had one. We were on a deal, 
and the guy said, watch this motherfucker. He's, and we were all drinking beer, getting all the tack on him, and I came, and I was good, and he tried to get me and knocked the beer right out of my hand. Got to be watching him all the Damn. time. Yeah. Come after you quick. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, in total, I think I think the show was great. I really do. I enjoyed it. Um, I think it worked out great. So now I'm excited for the next one. Well, what I was saying, I wanted to finish up that, but just to see the opening um, with all of the mountains and the um, the filming of it is, is just amazing. It is crazy that they filmed that many different landscapes in Montana. Like, obviously, with the exception of the end in Oregon, that's coastal waters, right? But, like, the bulk of that filming was Montana. Yeah. And they just... Yeah, I'm sure photography makes it look differently, right? But And they chose it, like, at the end there, for sure. They chose it probably in October because the aspens were all turning yellow. and So that's when it's the most beautiful in the fall, right? But... Yeah, it was a fantastic series. I, I loved the hell out of it. I thought it was great. Can't wait till the next one. Yeah. Um, and what did you say the next one is? 19? I think it's 1932. Okay, so it's 50 years later. Ah, that's going to be cool. So on this cigar... So the kid will be... The kid literally will be 56 years old. Yes. Yeah. So he will be in 1932. So he will probably be the lead... Yeah, so I don't know who else would be sticking around 50 years from then. I mean, and when you even think about it, back in those days, to live to be that age was pretty uncommon. I mean, what was the average age back in there? I mean, 30, you were an old son oh, of a bitch. Oh, dude, I, I, think, I think the average expectancy of life back then was like 46. So that's like when Sam Elliott's character goes, I'm 70 years old. I'm like, bro, you should have been dead a long time ago. Yeah, no shit. A long time ago. It's like in Jeremiah Johnson when the old grizzly guy says, you've done well, pilgrim, to keep so much hair and live up here this long. Yeah, no doubt. Um, that buttery aspect you're talking about is all over this cigar now everywhere um i think it's got some um really really floralness to it uh well it's changed i'm about an inch well we're about the same mm -hmm. i'm about an inch yeah just since you said that i was still fluttering around with 1883 but now that i'm back to the damn cigar yeah i'm tasting that too and it is really interesting because there's no uh I mean, I guess there's a like a wheat texture to it, like a bread, but I don't pull any spice on this on my tongue. But then you retrohale it, and it just heats up your entire nasal cavity. Yeah, which is so different, so different. Is Fun that though, but is that heater new? No. Was that here? Super yeah. Bowl. It was yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In a couple weeks, I'll put the cover on and just push it into this corner. And I'll sit there all year. No, man, this is, and I'm wondering why they call it Firewalker. Let's see. Um, 
So it says, going into the second installment, the CAO Arcana series, which emphasizes unusual tobacco, is getting a new release. Uh, it contains tobacco that's been fermented through a rather obscure method being buried in the ground. The new blend is called Firewalker, and the defining earth-fermented leaf is found in its Nicaraguan filler, which is grown in Nicaragua's Mastepe region, is assembled into a pilon, and then buried in the volcanic soil for two months. Right. After that, the tobacco goes to the factory for nine more months of secondary fermentation. The unusual method is called Chincagre. It's a process used by local farmers west in the western portion of Nicaragua. Well, it's interesting you brought up this fermentation process because um, our uh, grocery store, Schnooks, there in DePere, have you ever been there? Not that one. I've been to Schnooks, but not that well, one. Well, that one has been unbelievable because you can go there, you can bank. They've got a cheese department. They've got a meat department, seafood, and all of them are very unique. Coffee, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they're reorganizing everything, everything. So you won't know what it originally looked like, but there are new things popping up, like, and I've got a picture of it. I might as well have the name right, but it is a fermented tea um, bar that they have there, which- Fermented tea bar? Yeah. So you can buy like individual drinks to go? Pour, draft. Whoa. Yeah, it's um well ferment fermentation is the creation of, of in liquid it's the creation of alcohol, uh, isn't it? And maybe I'm wrong. Kombaka? Kombucha? Kombucha. Oh wow. Um, I'm not I, entirely sure what that is. I hear a lot a lot of like crazy, crazy. It's about fermentation. Um it's like it's like you're drinking, it's a gut. Kombucha, that's what it's called, kombucha. Kombucha, yeah. but it is for your gut. It's kind of a cross between, it's like fermented tea or something, and it's supposed to be really good so for your digestive system. So it introduces germs to your system that help you. Okay, that would make sense. That's most, I've heard about that sporadically, like over the years. Well, obviously always, me and you are not hip to it yet. No. Because it's on tap handles at the damn, uh, they've got a, a Kubak, it's a bar. F- and you can get growlers of it. And it's supposed to be good for your gut Holy and everything. Cow. You just gr- What? Yeah. And That's it's crazy, dude. The only other time I ever saw this stuff, like a, like a grocery store, right? You know what, you know you have like the gluten-free aisle that's got all the crazy healthy snacks? There'd be like two rows of some kombucha bottles. <laughs> that was it. Well, coffee used to be up at the front. Donuts used to be up at the front. Right. Now healthier shit is up closer to the door. This uh, kombucha bar is kind of over in the healthy vegetables section and whatever. And the donuts have been put all the way to the back <laughs> of the bakery now. And um, not that I'm a donut guy, but uh, anyway, there's just you can see there is a change in things. Some of it I don't like what they've changed, um, but we'll just see. I'm sure there's a lot still to come. I mean, they do all this shit at night for the most part after it closes, uh, but it's a big, huge restoration process. That's cool. And that's funny you bring up the fermentation because that's one of the big quote things that um, trail 
not trailhead, but wilderness trail mm-hmm. is really known for. Maybe we had it on our podcast well, where we oh. had the Russian talk about they've like other distillers are looking to them because they're ahead of their time in fermentation. Ty- type of fermentation they're using? Yeah. Yeah. Like all alcohol and all tobacco goes through fermentation. But like where this is so dramatically different is where typical fermentation, if you're not going fire cured, you're just laying the leaves on top of each other in pilones. Yeah. And over time, the internal temperature raises and then you move them around. And that's where the fermenting happens. Where instead of something like this, they put them in a pilone, which is a circular shape of, of stacking, and then bury it in the ground. That's incredibly different. You know? And that's just like Wilderness Trail. They're doing crazy different, like tempered fermentations or fermentation, fermentations. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I get that. That like a, a buttery nipple, literally, is is what it really runs with. And then there's there's like a buttery food. start, and then that earthy tone comes over it, and maybe that is a little bit out of what it got in the ground or whatever, but I was getting those earthy tones right off the bat, and uh, I don't know. Tell you what, though. The label is crazy. That buttery taste goes slam well with that rye. (laughs) It does. That rye for 100 proof is really smooth. And, dude, it's like $28, $30? Yeah. Well, I liked, yeah, the price point is pretty good, too, but... Typically, that rye can be overpowering, and there's a lot of rye bourbon out there or whiskey that I don't really care for. But this one is really smooth and enjoyable. So, do you know the difference between rye and high rye? No. Okay. Personally, I mean, I probably did because I've had so many rye. Yeah. Um, I probably heard it at one time, but I don't want to say something that I don't. I don't saying. know definitive definition. What I have found is like high rye whiskey is spicy rye whiskey, and then rye. When it just says rye, it doesn't say high rye. That's when you get that really sweet, subtle, spicy rye. Now I don't know the. I couldn't tell you the first difference between what high rye and rye is. Maybe high rye just leads to that's the high count mass. <laughs> I would figure it's just a higher percentage of rye in the product well that'd be the straightest forward way to say right it. yeah uh, yeah so before i forget why do you think is it merely a marketing standpoint so they can um protect the cigar and put a bigger label because this label is probably i want to say four inches out of oh, a yeah. six inch cigar is uh, there any particular reason for that because you're going to be pulling the labels off pretty quick when you're smoking these i solely think this is showmanship right it's artwork there's no specific reason that they've gone with that long no uh uh, i mean because look at the intricate detail of the label too i mean like all the the cracks and the way the label is trimmed you want firewalker to be eligible right and you obviously want to show off this arcana Imagine taking all that and bunching it into this. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, I agree. You know? But I, I don't think there's any... Uh, I mean, it's only a six and a half by 56 cigar, so it's 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 our Super Toro. Well, my thought process on this, too, is, is you know, we've got the Super Toro now, and then we're looking at uh, the Lonsdale, and... Nice. 
you know, the the um, the girth of putting that ring on there. There's going to be little other than the pumpkin at that point. Um, it's a different idea going with a, a, a different wrapper so you can put it long ways on there. Oh, totally. I, 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 this is, okay. Where I'm a hypocrite on this is a lot of times this gets done on a cigar with a large label. Like, I'm going to go after Gurkha for a moment, right? There are a couple of good Gurkha cigars out there. You know, there's a couple of them. Mass majority of it is all the same blend with different variations and they put this big intricate shiny label on it because it draws your attention to it right you're hiding you know you're compensating for something but something like this especially when you see the way the box is displayed right it it, it opens dual and there's 10 on the left 10 on the right this way and then in these two squares, there's the entire story of the fermenting on it. Well, from so it's a almost sales like uh, and opening draw to purchasing it at the retail level, I get it. But then the other hand, I mean, I'm about a few minutes from pulling this off. And then you're out there with a, a good 30, 40 minutes without a label. But I hope you got a damn good looking rapper. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, most men when they're in a group setting and they're moving around and smoking cigars, you know, they like people seeing their label, you know what they're smoking, or you, if I see a guy, I can recognize the label, I know what he's smoking. With this, it's gonna be over quick. Oh yeah, real quick. I mean, quick. we've only been into these 15 minutes and, and we're gonna would, be pulling the wrapper You would on. really, 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 really hope not. And I'm, I'm, I have not taken it off yet, but General Cigar Scandinavian Tobacco Group would not do something like that. You would really, really hope that this label is not in place where it is to hide faults in the wrapper. Because as soon as it comes off, you're going to see them, right? And then they're going to be exposed. And the other thing I would say is if this were on here to protect the cigar, it would be tighter. And it's not a very tight label at all. Well, food for thought. But I do think it's, you know, we've smoked a lot of these CAO versions of different cigars. Hey, Smack hey, dude. Quit licking that. You know, how, how old? Seven. Okay, mine is 14, and he licks more as he's getting older. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a habit or they're kind of bored and they're just. That's what I've read. It's either they're anxious, but they're bored. As I'm they seeing want this, this is just a styrofoam wrap. Yeah around this and you want to know how crazy that dog is i was like okay i'll stop you <laughs> i put a bunch of sriracha and watered it down and sprayed this damn thing and he's the all dog over it stuff. licked it clean <laughs> like it didn't even matter <laughs> yeah I this was... is this is also the dog i told you i had a bag of sour patch kids sitting out that i left out and i come home they're not eating every single one is on the ground completely stripped of sugar Dude, my dog jumped on the couch the other day. I'm drinking a Starbucks latte, and he was all over me. I'm like, dude, this is a coffee. And I'm like, you really want this? And he looked so serious. I took the lid off and tilted, and he just went gangbusters on so, it. I'm like, what? You know my favorite candy are Twizzlers. I like cherry Twizzlers, right? Her? My dog is crazy. I will sit there and open that bag, and she would just 
I have a and mason I jar. I have a mason jar that I keep because um, it's non-fat, whatever, the evening, a little nibble. I'll open my drawer and pull out that mason jar of those little cherry nibblets. Mm. And he knows they're in there. So at night now, he comes, gets up on my chest and looks at me, and then he looks at the drawer, <laughs> looks at me, looks at the drawer, and I'm like, okay. Are you going to open it, bro, or what? Yeah, he's like, all right, this is about our time, right? We share a little licorice together. Yeah. Yeah, I got to tell you, man. I'll tell you what. This Firewalker and that rye, the butteriness almost makes that sweet like candy. Yeah, it's a pretty good pairing. Yeah, this is awesome. And this cigar is... I think it lit their... $11. $11.50 maybe? I think? $12? Something like that? Not bad at all. Yeah, so... Uh, speaking of price on cigars and whatever... I've heard... I don't... And I don't need to get get into it on the podcast, but I've heard some rumblings about the cigar prices and that. Have you heard anybody bitching and complaining about cigar prices? Everyone. Everybody's bitching. Everyone. Every, I would say comfortably that 90% of the industry, on average, increased product portfolio price between 4 and 11% this year. It's March. You know, you see in the industry, typically you see, you'll get 1% in the first quarter, and then you get 2% in the second quarter, maybe nothing in the third because you got you got TPE and, you know, all the trade shows. Then in the fourth quarter, you know, like half percent or 1% or something. And that's every year, right? That happens. It just, because taxes change. And then sometimes you get a decrease because taxes come down. But this year alone, man, I mean... I mean, I'm not kidding when I say some companies were as high as 10, 12 percent. Oh, easy. I mean, it's and where the do average. People think that that's not going to happen. What do you think? The cigar industry just—they don't have to increase their price. Oh no! I mean, it's it's complete. It's really interesting in a conversation where you have someone. They oops, they have to have fuel to get it to market. 100%. They have to go through this. They have to go when, through shipping, packaging, shipping goes all up. that costs. Or or here's what you're going to see this year. This year. Not so next year, you're, I mean, you're gonna have an average across the board of 10 12 percent. Reason being, both Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic two years ago lost 60 percent of their crop yield to flooding and, and hurricanes. Right now, that's how long of a game plan you have to have in tobacco. It would be like a rickhouse falling over, right? So, you guys that have your year, spreadsheets. Just be increasing yep. your your cigar cost every year because it ain't gonna slow down. No, it's gonna and again keep. and again you have to understand too. Like people look at like four percent or ten percent, they're like, oh my god. In all actuality, that translates to a cigar between fifteen cents and a dollar, depending on what it is. Now, some cigars, right? If you got a fifty-four dollar retail cigar, well, that's gonna become you know fifty-six something, right? But that's everything. Right? I mean, gas goes up and down every week. <laughs> you know, tobacco will do the same thing. It'll change here and there. It'll it'll come back and grow and come down and this and that. And, you know, it's not a big deal, but you'll see that all the time. That's just the funny thing. Jesus, I keep hitting my mic. Sorry. Um, you'll see people go, man, I, you know, I saw someone roll a cigar and I saw what went into it and how literally the entire thing is hands-on. 
etc. They're like, mm, I understand a cigar being ten dollars now. And then price changes come in, the cigar goes to ten fifty, and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, I mean that's that stuff's gonna happen. You can't, you can't fight against it, no matter how much you want to. And then the more premium quality tobacco you're using, right? You know, if you, you start getting into intricate boxes, that stuff's not going to change. You know, that's, that's what a lot of people miss, man. The cigar is price A, okay? Then below that, you've got A1 through 10. A1 through 10 is packaging, logistics, labeling, um, storage, aging, all of that. Then you have a wholesale cost. I mean, really, when you go through the whole process, I mean, I think it's kind of amazing $10 for a cigar, to be honest with you. I mean, you know. That's why what surprises me, you know what's even more fascinating to me now? When a company can put out a 6 to $8 cigar, and you're like, damn, that's a good smoke. I and just think it makes the Cyclops and the Hooligan even more attractive. Yeah. Really and and we'll have price raises. They'll happen. You can't. You can't. You're gonna have to, or, or it just you won't. You won't make it. It just it just won't happen. But um, I bet whiskey's the same way, man. I bet inside that bottle per ounce, the liquid is maybe 30 40 percent of the cost. Right, because in order to keep putting out all these things, if you, if anybody who is a whiskey fanatic, bourbon spirit guy you go down where all this is being done and they're spending billions on rick houses um developing their gift shops their centers their visiting centers and i mean those costs have to be relate to the retail market i mean it's just it's uh it's just one of those things that's that's going to happen and now with all this bullshit going on with um you know Russia and the Ukraine I did not really know until this that we imported so much corn from Russia I did not know that I didn't know that either I mean it's it's a huge amount I want to say 20% it's it's a lot that's it's, a lot it's enough it's enough that if we aren't getting it for I don't know what they said the sustainment time was that where it wouldn't matter but it can really defer <laughs> fuck if you think that whiskey wouldn't be the first thing sacrificed if we run out of corn, you're, you're out of your mind. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, because what else is that corn for, right? Feed, livestock, you know, everything. Yeah, but Oil, fucking fuel. Me, I just see tons of potential to grow corn. I mean, corn in America, God, I just can't imagine us not... If we need to take up that 20%, I can't imagine we can't get guys on the corn gig right now. Fuck that 20%. Right, what would what would happen? If, so, now, we obviously don't know the numbers, and we are speaking. I am sure that we are paying them not to pay to plant corn. Oh. Subsidies or whatever. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not all up into the egg thing. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know that, but I'm sure it's, on, even though it's 20%, it's still probably cheaper than paying. You know, if, if you had a thousand people grow five acres of corn, that's probably very doable, right? There's probably, there's enough, it's the United States, man, there's enough of that land. Would that offset that? I forget but it what some guy said, more? 55 cents, um, I can't remember what it was, five cents 
Now, a pound seems really small, five cents. Maybe it was, and a ton seems too little. So I don't know where it is, but he, he was saying, we're used to paying five, five cents for a certain lot or weight, and now it's up to 15 cents, which that's, that's a big number. That's but, a lot. Yeah. That's what, 200%? I, mean, I don't know how many tons he does every year, this farmer, but that he needed for his livestock and whatever. But anyway, yeah. Um, speaking of the Ukraine, I am, um, I was really, when this whole thing started, it looked to me like this shit was going to be over quick. And it doesn't look like that now. Yeah. And, uh, and they're saying you... it's going to take a month for them to take the capital. Yeah. Did Dude, you, I that's wanted... another 30 days, and they're all coming in on this one. There's like 40 miles. I'm like, they dude, move... don't they have jets and bombers? Yeah, yeah, yeah but... Why but... aren't they bombing because that whole 40? know what they're doing. The more time they take, the more it hurts everyone else. Well, Russia, shit. They, every week now, I've been pretty impressed. I mean, we're putting the hammer down on some of this stuff. Yeah, but my, my thing with, with, with sanctions, though, right? Look, if Putin's mind is set on taking Ukraine, you can sanction whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't matter. He's going to keep going until he gets it. But do you think he expected the love that, he, that the Ukraine is getting from America and the world and even his own people? No. I mean, I, I don't think that he figured there would be this turnaround against him for the Ukrainian gig. Right. I agree. I don't think he when thought not, that was going to happen. When we're not on here, I want to have a conversation with you about that because um, of what I think, but I don't want this to turn into a political ride out. Right. I hear you. Um, we but will that talk was kind of surprising to me. Uh, it was, it's very scary surprising because the repercussions of that can be very fucking bad. And we know everything you are hearing, there's different backstories. The and one blah, thing blah, I blah, wanted blah, to blah, ask blah. you, did you see that news clip where uh, the reporter was talking in front of all those dead bodies and body bags and the actor sits up out of the bag and unzips it because he's hot? What? I'll show it to you. <laughs> yeah. It was a world news that someone was like talking about dead bodies in Ukraine and an actor straight unzips his body bag and sits up. And you see someone run up and push him down and reset the back. Okay. I'll show it to yeah, you. Yeah, that's crazy. But it's hilarious. That is crazy. But I will say, there's they've been there a week now or better, and they've only lost 100 people. If you have a total invasion all around your country from all sides, and they're in there bombing the shit out of everything, and you've only lost 100? Yeah. We're doing all right. My God. That doesn't seem like a big loss. I mean, compared to other shit, I mean, they probably lost a hundred people just in the evacuation of um, Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. It's tough. It's, yeah. It really is. But I am. Uh, it, it is encouraging to hear all the uh, goodwill that's coming out for the Ukraine people uh, across America and across the world. Actually, uh, haven't heard a peep out of China, though, which. You don't want to. That's interesting, too. Anyway. But we always talk about, you know, Everything, yeah. current events and what's what's going on with shit and so forth. Um, 
Yeah, I thought that I thought that clip was actually hilarious though. <laughs> well, that yeah, I don't watch it close enough to catch somebody coming out of a bike. I didn't, so I didn't actually see it live. Freaking. I saw it got shared, and I was like, "Man, ain't no way that's real." So I went looking for it, and yeah, it actually it actually happened. I mean, we that stuff happens all the time. News is so so exaggerated because it has to be interesting, right? Yeah, but you know, and we'll get off this, but I I will say, it's also been very impressive, like the president of Ukraine, where he was, where he's been, and where he is now. You know, he used to be a comedian. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. But he looks good. He's out there on the line fighting with these guys in the foxhole, taking now, selfies. On. Yeah, but I mean, look at what that's doing for his country and him as a as a leader and what. That's true. That's yeah. true. So I don't know. I won't argue. I mean, that it is regardless of, of what it really is or where it really stands. To see that it is actually interesting because I don't know. I mean, that's some that's some throwback shit where you're invading somewhere and the king rides out with you on a horse. You know what I mean? Like that's that's old school war mentality. You know, he's if he's if he's really out there in the streets doing all that, that's impressive. Yeah. You did see the picture of like the Miss Ukraine. Standing out there, she was in full kit, holding what was supposed to be an MP5. No. I guess, uh, well, there was a picture of her, and, like, she put it on, I guess she put it on her Instagram or something, and uh, a bunch of people dove into it, and she's holding an airsoft gun. Like, it's it's all a it's all a gag. Like, she's not really out there doing anything. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> but, well, all right, we'll get off of that. Yeah, yeah. The cigar's doing fantastic. We are fighting. You know, I'm not getting a whole lot of canoeing. But, um, I'm just having to rotate a little bit. Yeah, you me know, too. It's catching itself up. Um, it's, I mean, again, and we're getting these occasional like 10 mile an hour winds. I guess uh, they're supposed to pass here in like 20 minutes, but um, it's burning really well. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, With the exception you got some, you know, wind tunnel stuff. But all right, well, so we've talked about 1883. And I didn't even talk to you, but I guess it's been out a week or better. Is the new Viking uh, installment uh, Valhalla? Yeah, I I like it. Uh, I actually I shouldn't say I, I was saying like I didn't. I really like it. I think it's. I'm curious how it the seasons play out because I read the so like the plot synopsis is this is the end of the Viking Age. So it's going to end in 1066 at the Battle of I think it's the Berkshire Bridge. That's where King Harold loses, and and like all. That's when all of Norway con, um, transitioned to Christianity. Is in 1066. There's a mass conversion, and that's when that's when the technical term of Viking or Vikingism ended in Nor in, in Norway. Um, but the thing is, is like in that show, Leif Erikson, right? Yeah. Eric the Red's son. So if you know, if you read the history of Leif Erikson. He's the Viking that's given credit of coming to America first, where or North America first, yeah. where he set up. Uh, apparently, he set up a pilgrimage in uh, somewhere in Canada. Like he hit the shores of Canada and, and set pilgrimage up. Well, a lot of this too is I was for a while, but I was really fascinated with uh, Oak Island and the treasures of Oak Island and the whole story behind that. That's been unraveling have over they ever found anything in that hole? oh they've found tons of shit but they haven't like found the holy grail the thing yeah right but they've been finding bits and pieces 
that you damn well know that history is going to continue to be rewritten because what we were always taught about, you know, Columbus and all that shit, well, there's much more to the fucking story. There are he was a here bad man. <laughs> way, way, way before him. Um, so I don't know if they're going to be making, you know, around Thanksgiving instead of, you know, pilgrim hats and Indians and shit. Like, there'll be Viking horns and skulls. Well, those aren't real, so... Well, Vikings never wore horns. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. Never. That was a medieval um, somebody writing a love interest with a Viking in 1630-something in the play put horns on the Viking to distinguish him from the Danes. Oh. Yeah. Well, you're the Viking. You should know more about it There is no, no proof that... Any kind of battle attire was ever worn with horns on. Drinking horns, like that's one thing too that's attributed to Viking is drinking horns, dude. People, I mean, in the fucking Stone Ages, they made a cup out of an antler, right? Like right. it's it was a vest a vestibule that you could hold something in, right? Right. Now those have been attributed more sword towards barbarians and Vikings now. Uh, but those that's been around for forever, man. And the dialect that they use, like Kataka. Yeah. And all that. Is that dialect still over in there? Oh, that that's that's that is kind of the accent that you'll find in, in Switzerland, Norway, Greenland, um, up in that area. That that is still all those actors are all from Norway, Switzerland, all of that. So that is their I don't want to say tongue. That sounds bad. But with well, their it's their dialect, right? Yeah. So yeah. And I'm anyway. sure. And here, the funny thing about that too is like nobody knows how anybody talked then. Like even like the like proper English, like English language. Okay. That's supposed to be the idea of the English accent is that that accent follows all the way through and through, right? But if you go to Chelsea. And then you go to New Tottenham. Those two people talk so dramatically different that you can't you can't pick an accent, right? That's like saying if where did the southern accent come from? But then you have a Boston, a New York, Minnesota, Canada, right? So when we came to North America, like even if you go to the English Trading Company, there were there they had settlements all the way up to I think it was Ontario down to Virginia. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? Where, when, at what point did dialect change that much that in, you know, 600 miles you've got, hey, y'all, I'm going to pack my car, and they have, don't you know, right? And three literally different 100% accents from what history says, the amount of people that came and settled all came, were all English defectors right so everyone got here you know but then at the same time uh when when uh, uh the, the white man's best way to put it um we started fighting native tribes here native tribes you talk if, if you ever meet a, a native that's on a reservation now they still they don't have a southern accent where they're at they don't have a northern accent a wyoming accent they don't have a you know there's there's no accent tanning, i've tanning always go. heard that missouri and I'm sure there's a few things that we do, but right here in this central location, our um, 
not necessarily our dialect, but whatever our slang um, is, is more um, um, widely accepted than anywhere else. You know, we have less of that than other states in oh, other yeah. regions of the United oh, States. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, and, and that's what, so I heard somebody say that once. We, I, think, I think you were with me. We were sitting at Grand Cru, I think. And somebody said that, said said to someone else, you have a Missouri accent. I was like, what's a Missouri, uh, what is a Missouri accent? Because there really isn't one. No, the, one. the only thing that I've heard in Missouri that was ever different is the R thing. Like orange. Or warsh. Yeah, just right, a like few things. That. I think they take or a lot of newscasters. The joke, 44, 44, like that. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't call that an accent. That's more of a slang. Yeah. Your, your, your impediment of speech, like how, how you articulate uh, the word. I don't know. That's what's really interesting about history, especially when it comes to, like, that's a really cool question. Like, with Vike, is that how, the, you don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's like, you know, another one is Spanish. Okay, you've got Spain Spanish, you've got South America Spanish, you've got uh, in Cuba it's it's pigeon Spanish, Russian Spanish. You know, you go to Brazil and people in Brazil, depending on the bureau, speak like nine different languages. It's all some weird derogative of something, but how did that change? Why do they articulate it that way? Why did that get moved around? I don't know. It's pretty interesting, but I love the show. And uh, I mean the mystic, the mysticism of the gods and Valhalla and all of that that's going on is just crazy. The outfits, the spirituality, the paganism, the Christianity, and how that all worked and whatever is just <laughs> and it's crazy. That is one thing that I find really fascinating in this show that they they portray. Is when you watch the show, you'll know right away. Um, see the first episode. Um, Ethelrod, the king of England, uh, it was the Bryce Day Massacre of 980 something. He ordered all Vikings in England executed on one night on St. Right. Bryce's Day, right? St. Bryce was the first leader Viking that went to Christianity, he gave him the Saints Day, blah, right? So then. Uh, King Otto wants to gather all the Vikings around Europe, bring them together, and go kill Athelrod, right? So you have still what they called paganistic or vintage Vikings fighting with Christian Vikings. Yeah, they had to kind of get over but, that before they even got going. the Christian Vikings still fight in the same manner. They still induce themselves for berserker methods, right? Like you see King Harold. He gets lit up, <clears throat> wears the wolf, <coughs> it comes in swinging those axes, they go ham. Same ships, same everything. The only difference is you have Vikings that worship the old gods, and you have Christian conversion Vikings. Which kind of, if you've watched the Viking series, kind of got going with Ragnar. And oh, yeah. He really kept that kind of under his uh, belt as long as he could, but him and the monk kind of got all that going. Yep. You know, and it's it's still working through this next series of Ahala, but it is so, um, yeah, it, it is really interesting. I mean, there's changeover already happening in the first four episodes of the Greenlanders and everybody. Oh, yeah. Came in. Yeah. 
So anyway, fantastic though. I'm glad me and you were on. Still, we've got. I'm assuming only two episodes left on this first season. Yeah, it's only what eight, seven, eight or seven, I think. Um, but it's good. I, I like it. I mean, I mean, I, I thought it was. I re- I really did think when I saw it, I was like, mm, mm. then I hit play, and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Yeah, this is cool. I was wondering how it was going to be. Too. Well, because I like how they're using. Um, the historical figures. They're using the people that we know up till 1066 were heavily involved in writings and all that jazz, right? Like, we know that. Dude, it's just crazy, though. I mean, these are oversized canoes. I know they're they're big, big canoes, but, I mean, to get out in that water, oh, which I gotta, is fucking crazy how they... I mean, you have to be damn lucky to make it through a voyage in those boats, I would think. Dude... I don't care how good a, a there sailor are you are. ships now that tip over, <laughs> and all the rogue waves and shit. That they yeah, there are there. ships now that turn over. You know, and that's the interesting thing about Leif Erikson. Five fucking weeks in a canoe. Leif Erikson in this series is he, right from Norway to North America. That is not a short distance. No, that's got to be months. On that boat, just rowing. We do laugh, me and Janine, because she's watching it all with me. Like, um, they're leaving. Bing. An hour later, that they're over hey, in London. They're there. <laughs> I mean, that had to take. And 1883 them. takes eight Three, episodes four to go weeks. one stage. I, mean, I don't know how long it would take, but I mean, it was a month. If you remember in Vikings, it was one month from Norway to England. And I always laugh too, um, Loki. The boat maker. That there you go. There's a thousand boats. Loki made. Right. I mean We want to siege France. Okay. How long does it take to make a damn boat? Ready? Scene two. (laughs) Boats are done. All right, everyone. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, I want you to hear this from Stone Tribe. And then uh, when we get back, we will have Abby from Bourbon and Blondes on, and you will see what we're jumping into. Um, it's something really cool that they did for the women's network here in St. Louis. So stay tuned. We'll be back with you just shortly. You're listening to Stone Tribe on the Craft and Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest Stone Tribe merch. All right, guys, we're back, and with us we have Abby from Bourbon and Blondes on. Say hey. Yeah. Hey, guys. <laughs> All right, so here today. what we've got, um, and then we're going to let Abby kind of talk about this a little bit. Uh, well, probably all of it, to be honest, because I don't know. Um, Bourbon and Blondes did a charity bottle pick of Maker's Mark Private Selection. Now, Abby, when this is done, this is their stave profile. This is where you pick the individual staves that build the barrel, right? Yeah, it is. So um, basically how it works is you get, um, like there's 10, 10 staves that you can choose. So there's five wood staves, and you can choose a combination of those five up to 10. And so you kind of go through, you're like acting like a chemist almost, where you pick maybe three of one stave, two of another, just sort of blending and mixing until you kind of come up with a flavor profile that you enjoy. 
So it's five. You're picking five staves out of ten choices. So, yeah. yeah. And how does yeah. that process happen? Because I, I know many guys uh, or bourbon groups, whatever, who have done this. How how does that? How do you how do you go about doing that so everybody knows? Well, how do you mean? Well, like how do you? Like I've got guys who are a part of the uh, Maker's Mark. Um, I don't know. Is it Ambassador Club? Where they actually yeah. pick a barrel and um, they let it go for so long, and then at the end, when your date's up, then um, you know you they they pick so many bottles. Some of them, some people go down there, you pick them up and decide on how many bottles you want. They label it with your name on it and every everything. And I didn't know if that was kind of how you guys did it, or did you go a different route and how how it all came about that you did this. I'm curious if those are two different programs. So the, the private selection program is pretty straightforward. You choose your safe profile, and it's just a barrel of uh, Maker's Cast Strength that they add the wood finishing staves to, and then they age it for an additional nine weeks, and then you get the whole barrel. So you get 246 bottles. They're all bottled. They have the label on them. You get the actual wood barrel once it's empty. So we, we worked with, you know, we kind of, got lucky and the opportunity sort of rose for us and we decided to take it and um, go from here. Okay, cool. Alright, yeah, well, yeah. we're going to... sounds pretty similar. We're going to pour this. Um, okay. Now, what did you guys... So, obvious this collection, how did you land on your proof? Because I know, I know with a lot of barrel picks, if you don't go cash strength, you know, they send you or you'll taste the samples at proof and then they... I know they'll have you. They'll have you add the water to cut it down to what the actual bottle proof will be. Um, so, yeah. Go is ahead. Elena on here? She might be able to join. Actually, I don't know if she's here yet. There she is. Hi, Mom. Hey, Elena. Hi. How are you all doing? Good. Um, so it's with. Go ahead, Elena. Uh, I was gonna say we're excited for you all to try it, but go ahead about the proof. Yeah. So we don't necessarily, we didn't choose the proof on this one. This is just the proof from the barrel. So So when you're picking it, did they tell you that the proof was going to be around 110? Yeah, so it's a barrel proof product. All the private selections are. So they'll range anywhere from like probably 105 to 125, I think, is the window that usually happens. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so... Your stay profile, you've got one baked American puree, or pure, um, wood seared French sous vide, and then we went eight roasted French mindiant, mindiant? Mandiant, yeah. Mandiant, yeah, thank you. It's a chocolate. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, so here, well, we'll... French words. We'll, yeah, fucking French words. Um, <laughs> all right, so we'll cheers this, and cheers to you guys. I know you can't join us yet, but... Let's see. Yeah, cheers to you guys. Yeah, it's really got some nice, sweet flavor to it. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I've had many of these. Is that, you know, a private select? These stave um, selections have been around for quite a while. But that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What is that grabbing your tongue? What is, what is that? What is that taste grabbing your tongue? Have to say more. So it's got it's got a, a very unique sweetness to it. I, I will give it that. Mm-hmm. And the proof, or the, the you know that that typical heat that I think a lot of people attribute to proof. There's um, some French oak staves in there, isn't there? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think a lot of that is that French uh, oak stave because I've tasted other ones, and that is something um, even in some other bourbons that I've tasted that that French oak. It's just it's kind of hard to uh, put like an actual um, you know profile on it, but mm-hmm. I think that's what. You, but I mean, there's some chocolate and there's like some vanillary caramel in there, and um, and then the different stave of that French oak I think brings uh, brings a different thing, and and of course there's all kinds of different oak staves. Um, yeah, I think the, the, the chocolate you said, that, that's what's holding my tongue. Nice. It's, okay. uh, but but it's, it's more of like a, I am the worst description word individual <laughs> in the world. So work with me here, okay? Um, no, if you've If you've, I've said this before, like when, you, when you're smoking, especially pork, um, I like to use ground cinnamon in my base with my salts. And what it does is, as long as you're using a hard oak wood to smoke with it, it creates this dusted chocolate flavor. And that, that is what's kind of holding my tongue. But it's neat, too, because, because at least for me, when I'm drinking, I haven't put the cigar to it yet or anything, but when I'm drinking it, all the, the, the proof is just, it stays on your tongue. There's not, there's not really much of a retro as far as the proof goes. And I find that really unique. I, I'm enjoying that a lot. Oh, good. Yeah. And what he's saying is, is because a lot of these bourbons, when they hit your tongue, they just kind of stay there. And then some get in there, they blow up, and then they linger. And then there's another going down. And Yeah, that Kentucky hug. Right. It just goes and follows you all the way down to your tummy. Um, But this, like the whole action going on, just kind of stays around in your mouth and your tongue and just kind of um, circles in there. And um, yeah, it's really good. It's really and neat. I, and I, I like that aspect. Like like I said, I'm going to keep rolling with the hug in my tongue because it sounds funny. Um, but I really like that for pairing notes too because it's going to stay there. Um, and if, if you're going to pair it against something, like I'm, I'm really curious to see what it does with the cigar. It's right there. You're not, you're not really settling on the retroactive taste or, or the that quote after uh, that aftertaste, but it's it's all still right there on your palate. It's 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 front yeah, it's front loaded and it's cool. forward. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna keep drinking. That's how this goes. You're gonna talk now. <laughs> um, yeah. The the charity you Abby you sent me yeah. some stuff last night, and since you and Elena are here. <laughs> Um, I'm just not even going to repeat what you said, and I'm just going to let you guys do it. So if you can talk about this charity, um, and I know you're having a big event, so if you'll talk about the event too, um, we can see or let everybody know, and we can get out there and do that as well. Absolutely. Elena, you want to hit it off with a little bit about the charity we chose? Yeah, so we... um 
So when we got this opportunity at the beginning of, of last year, me and Abby really like dug in and tried to find, there's, you know, a lot of nonprofits all across the country, and especially in St. Louis. So something that was really um, impactful in the community and uh, meant a lot for us, we came across Rum for Women. Uh, Rum's mission is to empower women to grow and achieve sustained independence um, through coordinated educational, professional, and economic resources. So their campus is over in Fox Park. It's like amazing. We walked in, me and Abby were like, we're like, can we live here now? This place is absolutely incredible. <laughs> you know the look children get on Christmas morning when they see like, I mean, if they do Christmas, like the tree and the gifts and they're like, their just eyes are sparkling. And that like, like that, the, that cheek blushed wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's exactly what Elena and I looked like walking onto their campus. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Like when you first walk in, you first park, there is a full um, garden in the back and like greenhouse area. And it's, it's a full, like, vegetables and everything. Then they have chicken coop on the other side. They have a raised bed garden right next to that. So, like, the first minute you walk in, you're like, wow, this is this is incredible. They have a chef on site that um, does the cooking. He's absolutely amazing. We met with him the last time we popped in there. And um, he provides meals for all of the um they do is it abby is it two sessions a year with their members and it's a hundred it's members. two or three um yeah. so they do a hundred members per session and then it's about a three-month curriculum for the members and they bring them in in classes so it's a three-month curriculum and then after that they have access to the services for life um yeah so, so is depending on is the i'm sorry were you done no, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, is this like a further education and assistance thing for for women? Um, kind so, of. So go ahead. Yeah. Or con- yeah, I guess I should say continued. That, continued. Yeah, that's a piece of what they have. So they have people on site that are like career coaches that walk them through like options that they may have to further education, but they to kind of troubleshoot from like. What, what other opportunities out there? Where are your skill set lies? Are there, is there anything, you know, interfering personally with like self-doubt or any of that kind of things that are preventing you from like furthering your career or is there a field that you want to go into? So they, it's not so much, it's part, education is part of, um, it's a big part of what they do, but it's also, you know, they offer childcare. So any um, thing that would maybe be preventing and uh, a woman from being able to go get further education or coaching or anything like that. They provide daycare. They provide health insurance for um, the woman and um, her family. Um, they they provide what else is there? They have a gym on site. I mean, they literally have just about everything you could ask for. Um, so, it's, education is definitely a piece of it. That is awesome. So the program is kind of derived around building um, the skills that women need to move forward, be more educated and do this. Do they also do it with women that want to start their own businesses? and Or is it just more of, of kind of a building for individual women and what where they're going and where they want to go and 
what they need help in, are all above. Yeah, so it's really um, like women at that, what is it, the poverty line, the $50,000 mark. So that's kind of where they gauge, like, where they're, you know, how, how they accept um, applications and for their members. And, um, yeah, I, that is, um, I guess, a big piece of it. Abby, I don't know if you have any, like, thoughts around that piece of it. I think that they really ultimately, so it's an application process to become one of the members and they only take a hundred at a time. They said their first class they had a thousand applicants, but they, there's certain criteria in where you are in life, like what you're making annually, and there's a couple other aspects that they screen for. We don't necessarily know all the details, but their ultimate goal is to, you know, get women, this, this is from the president herself, is to get women to be paid more and for women to make more money and whatever it takes and however they can help with like groups of women to make them achieve that is that's that's what they look for and that's how they find it but they don't discriminate in terms of like you have to be entrepreneurs you have to be moms you have to be in the corporate world it's if you want to apply for the program and go through the process you can apply for the program so if you have the initiative to grow yourself and you want to move forward then that on your application that's that's what's being looked for pretty much that's yeah. that's all and this is in st louis yeah it's in the city no shit that's fantastic so yeah. this is i believe if i'm not saying this wrong all proceeds from this barrel are going to run for women right yeah that is awesome so what is the uh the event i know i saw you guys um you did something i want to make sure i'm saying this right as the wind blows directly into everything here um you did your kickoff of the selection um i know that um miss bourbon air was there miss april gray yes. um that lovely woman in her soul and herself um how did the kickoff go and what is this big launch event so what i guess my question would be one tell me how the kickoff went or tell us how the kickoff went and two what is going on at the event that's coming up i mean there's so many things it's basically we just like to party you know so we're having lots of parties (laughs) (laughs) um i think the kickoff went great it was a it was a small crowd so we did it a tasting for 20 people at a shop in town that's women owned and we fucking love them it's called golden gems so we had 20 people come out and we tasted them through the cast strength makers mark which is the base of our private selection and we tasted them through the cuvee the baked american pure and the mondian and then we offered them a taste of our private selection um Everyone loved it. Oh, cool. We had some charcuterie, some music, some swag, all kinds of stuff. It was really fun. Um, I don't know. It was on Valentine's Day. It was hilarious. Yeah, I, I, yeah. that's what I found awesome about it. I thought it was great. Um, okay. So with, with the event, um, is this a woman-only event? On the 25th? Yes. Nope. So anybody and everybody can come to this. Yep. If you um, want to come, you should. Because okay. it's going to be wonderful. So well, it's, fantastic. Our tickets are uh, 
$45 for just the event, but if okay. you want to get a ticket to the event and a bottle at the same time, you save on the bottle. So those are $115 price point, um, but it's going to be from 6 to 8 at the Run Campus. And oh, wow. we are going to do an open bar. There's going to be treats and food, and there's going the chef from Ron is going to be making some food for everybody, so they can like showcase what they're able to do and how they help their members. Um, there's going to be a really cool auction. We actually have a green egg that we're putting up for auction, which is kind of a cool thing to have. Yeah, mine's right um, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so enough, you know, people who are wanting to get one but want to also give to a good charity. This is it. We're gonna have a DJ and a 360 photo booth and some really cool women are gonna give speeches. So it's basically a party. When you say six to eight, you mean six to eight and it officially starts at eight ten or <laughs> it, 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 it was up to me probably. Uh, okay, yeah. The prompt one of the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like if you come at eight ten, you can help us clean. I'll be there at six. How's that sound? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I think that's the right choice. <laughs> well, this is this is awesome. So, do you guys um, plan on doing something like this again? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure the barrel picks won't stop. I'm not. I'm not too worried about that. Um, but this this is honestly, you know, you see you see the big. So I can use Maker's Mark, for example. You know, they're, they're a broad company. They've done things like this before where Maker's Mark, as the company, has bottled something and sent it to a charity, right? Um, this, and, and I'm going to ask you. I don't know if you – I'm going to ask this to you and then they can reply. Uh, have you seen a small – and I mean – um, you guys are a very popular podcast. We enjoy it. You know, it's you guys are all over. Love everything that you guys do. I'm not just kissing your ass because I can't see it, but you're not here, so. Um, uh, you're small in 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 the in the retrospect of you know big companies doing barrel picks and and selling them and moving them and things like that, right? Okay. Have you, Hodge? Have you seen another? Um, how do I, how do I like, not, I don't want to say media, but like a, a, a passionate couple of people no. put together a barrel pick. <laughs> no. And then, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's a good thing I'm saying it, but when I say it, it's going to sound funny. Give it away. No. Right? I mean, most of, most of the barrel picks that we've seen like this are done with like a lit. It'll mm -hmm. bring in some right, barrel right. picks and they'll have special events and promoting their things, but... To have a podcast, a group like you two, who want to do this for a charity and bring in the bottles and do what you've done. I've never seen it done before. No, I haven't. <laughs> so now I now we, we, we levy that to you. Have did have you guys seen someone in the same way do what you're doing right now? Because this is this is new to us. I've not I've not seen um, you know, you know the horror stories of, of foundations and benefits and you know, you, you buy the item and all the proceeds are gone, and then you find out that 8% of the entire gross income was sent where they said it was going, right? You know. Yeah. And so have you seen anyone other than the, the two of you ladies do something like this? I mean, I would say that there's whiskey societies and bourbon groups that we've seen kind of band together, do the picks, and then it goes back to charity. 
Okay. Which is funny because we've never been involved with, we know there's a lot of bourbon, uh, whiskey, scotch societies out there that may have all got together and got a, uh, you know, a barrel pick for their group or whatever, but I've never seen one wrap it all around and do it with a charity event uh, and so forth. But we're not even, even us as a podcast, you know, what we basically do is get on and talk about bourbon and cigars and then we've got our own cigar line out right now, but really, mm-hmm. we are not involved with a whole bunch of different bourbon uh, societies. Well, I and, hate Facebook, so yeah. I just won't. <laughs> so, but we just don't, we personally don't even do much of that. We just kind of do our Lone Ranger stuff and... and uh, I mean, but we, we, we always do go to the events and things like that, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I've just, it's, 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 a, it's a little inspiring in a way. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat that i mean i think a lot of people should take note to this um hopefully this doesn't sound bad when i say what i'm about to say but if it does just let me know okay if if two friends that get together right much like abby and elena bargain hodge this is the same kind of uh, organic growth into what it became right um decide that they want to go out passionately about something that they're very very much involved in build something choose something and then donate it to a charity that should be inspiring in a way right yeah i don't i, I mean that's that's it's really fun what you guys decided to do and i i hope you <laughs> hope you understand that that's doesn't sound weird no so okay I think it sounds great. Well, I think I changed my word. I was going to say two women. They fucking drink a lot. Yeah, they want to give it away to feel good about their drinking. Because there's there's a lot of male duos out there not doing shit. So you can say women. We're proud of it. Well, if you want to be honest, this male duo ain't doing shit. <laughs> well, we're selling cigars, but, you know. It's okay. You guys are doing your thing and you like it, which is important. But what I do want to say is it is not just elated there are so many people that have supported us on this journey to be able to make this happen makers mark major brands are a liquor license partner like like there's so many people behind the scenes doing so much to help us do what we can so to be able to give the profit from a barrel sales and then have an actual fundraiser and have a kickoff event we couldn't do it without the help of many people well, that's that's awesome that, that you'll admit that um, we've we've talked and we know we we know people that have been involved in this kind of thing before and and especially with the way both the cigar industry and the bourbon industry have grown over the past you know I, the cigar industry exploded in '99 we know that or '91 into '99 it's just continually grown and you know new companies are popping up left and right and I personally got into bourbon about three four years ago i was a scotch guy forever i mean i have an amazing scotch collection that's been sitting there collecting dust because i met this guy and now i just have bourbon out the ears and i don't know what the fuck to do with it so you gotta drink it well i'm trying man but i gotta function <laughs> but me and mark are out here we're kind of like you know i i never could believe like the podcast people would want to sit down and listen to us just kind of talk about bourbon and cigars. There's a lot of cigar podcasts. There's a lot of whiskey and spirit podcasts, but we combined them both. And with the banter in between me and him every week, 
talking about what we found and what we're smoking or what we're drinking. We're more about just kind of getting the good news out about this and that, and then we love cigars. So we talk about that and we're putting information out there and hopefully, um, and helping some of the, the, the people who aren't so familiar with all the bourbons or cigars and whatever, but you guys are more involved in a cause for women and helping women develop their skill sets and developing as women, it sounds like to me, because you guys are more wrapped up in a cause to help women develop themselves and become the best they can be, it sounds like to me. So you guys are more cause-driven. So this seems like a perfect uh, scenario kinda, for you guys. Yeah, it kind of ties into kind of our like whole goal behind our bourbon journey, our bourbon education, the podcast, is because there's so many strong female voices in the spirits industry and oftentimes they're overlooked, not heard, all of that. So our only goal through everything we've done is to lift women up, showcase the amazing talent that women have in this industry, and have a good time doing it. Yeah, right on, man. Yeah, that's great. that that's awesome. Um, I, I do remember uh, when we met you guys the first time, or you ladies, I'm sorry. Um, you were doing your podcast at Lit, and you were on with Laurel from Macanudo. Um, and she, she is, I'm sure you guys talked about this, but she is one of the forefront women leaders as a brand organizer and a rep for, uh, general cigars, specifically Macanudo. Um, she really kind of opened the, uh, you know, every time somebody does something good, someone's going to take it to an extreme and make it flamboyant and it's it's overwritten and it's this and it's that but if it hadn't been for you know what i'm segueing to is what you guys are doing here and what you've done with your podcast and the way you break your podcast up to you know the word of the day and then and then the podcast itself um laurel did the same thing in cigars she didn't just take cigars as a female smoker as a woman smoker that woman walks into a lounge and she takes charge of a lounge. She okay. comes in and, and she is not afraid to, you know, I remember the first time I met Laurel, she put a Macanudo Inspirado um, latte in my hand. And she told me, Rusty's told me all about you and he told me you wouldn't like this. I said, well, if Rusty's told, me, told you all about me, you're probably right. I ended up sitting there smoking that cigar with her about two and a half hours, right? She and what that's done is through her presence and what she does and how she is asserts herself into a, a world that, that we know has been predominantly men driven forever. Um, it's it's inspiring again what she does and how she's done it. And it's it's in the cigar world, at least I know for a fact, it has lit a fire under a lot of women's asses, and they are so deeply involved it makes super <laughs> super secure cigar nerds that are men nervous and it's funny to me it's funny <laughs> to me <laughs> yeah it's 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 funny to me because what what you're starting to see with more and more women getting i shouldn't even say getting into because it's not like you guys you guys haven't been there you've always been there I've, I've, I've seen more women cigar smokers and bourbon drinkers. We talked about this last week in the past 10 years than, you know, I saw years before that, right? And as far as whiskey drinkers, I should say, sorry, just whiskey period. It has to be bourbon, scotch, whichever, right? 
um, now they're they're leading forefronts on social media events, um, executive positions in places. Um, you know what I want to try and do with you guys. Have you guys done anything with Uncle Nearest? We've attended a few events with them, but we haven't really partnered up just yet. Okay, cool. I'm gonna send you guys some stuff when we get it done. I, I'm gonna send you Lonel's contact information. Um, you guys should really sit down with Lonel and Teresa at Uncle Nearest. Um, I, I think I think that would be fun. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just, you were commenting on how more and more women are getting into the industry and our leaders and whiskey and cigars and things like that. Women have superior taste. Just flat out. It's science. It, it's genetic. I know. It's, it's, it's like DNA. It's genetic. I know. It's, yeah. So it's like, it's almost like we always deserve the position because our palates are better, but we're like proving it. So it's kind of fun to be involved in it while we're noticing more and more women kind of perk up and lead through the industries that's true i will tell you one thing though you guys don't own fashion okay we can do that <laughs> shit too all right we can do that shit too all right i just thought that'd be funny i'm sorry all right so no go ahead go ahead it's like you know you never know you know, until you go out and put your voice out there and you don't know who is going to be inspired by it. And that was kind of one of the base points of why you know, Abby started the podcast in the first place was, you know, we didn't know, you know we had an audience at all the first time we recorded <laughs> for three hours. There was no script. We didn't know what we were doing, you know, but it's, it's what has happened in the last few years and the people that we were able to get involved with, it's, you know, and just get, um, in touch with has been so worthwhile beyond what we would have imagined imagined fantastic fantastic so back to what you guys were picking up on the the, the tasting yes that that one i wanted that to be the next question so okay. um i want to if it's okay i'd like to start with us and then I want the both of you to kind of tell us what you tasted in your pick. I always enjoy this. This is one of my favorite thing about things about barrel picks is we know how much how different palettes are, how um, susceptible palettes are to what you're doing when you're doing it and where you're at, right? So obviously we're smoking cigars with this, and that is greatly going to change what's coming out of this glass, right? Mm-hmm. So, Cowboy, what do you get? Oh, I thought I already did that. But with the cigar, oh it. yeah. Well, I thought. Well, so you guys don't know. We did an old Forester one hundred proof rye before you guys came on, and nice. uh, with this cigar, I thought the pairing was really, really good. This has a little. Um, I don't think the pairing is good with this particular cigar. The maker's mark. This has a lot more uh, sweet overtones and whatever. Um, I like the first one better, but I've had a lot of these private select uh, bottles. Um, and I think this one is, is really a good one because I've been out there and have called a lot of my bourbon guys and try to find, because I've had somewhere there's two or three different selections of staves for this private uh, selection of Maker's Mark. And um, I think this is a real good one, but it's a, it's a lot of chocolate caramel, uh, caramel and uh, it's a little spice bomb that just kind of hangs out in your thing. 
Now, in saying that, I'm at the end of this cigar. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's really a good bottle. Yeah, I, um, I'll be bluntly honest. If you listen to any time we've ever talked about Maker's Mark, Maker's Mark, Maker's Mark is my least favorite whiskey in the world. Um, but every Stave Collection bottle I've ever had, they've always been substantially better than flagship makers, right? Um, you know, when that 100 proof makers well, the was one out. one makers, the one Mark, me and you both agreed, that almost yeah. took the cake. I actually, uh, I actually sent an email to Makers Mark, and I said, you should stop making your flagship makers and just have <laughs> Makers 101. Well, that'll never happen. I was like, I, I think, I think, no, they did not, no. Uh, <laughs> not, not at all. No, it, it went... That went straight to junk, trash, forbidden, block. Just don't talk to this guy anymore, probably. Yeah, I'm fully aware of that. <laughs> but um, these uh, stave selections, anytime somebody has one of these, I buy them. Because they're... This is one of the creative... Most most creative ideas behind doing a barrel pick. It's so much different than your, tradi- your traditional pick, right? Walking in four or five, however many barrels are laid out, you taste through them, you eliminate, 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 bam, that's the one I want. Tag it, we'll bottle it later, it gets sent to you, right? Um, This by itself, I really do enjoy this. I love how it hugs my tongue. I like how it stays there. Um, Against the cigar, so the entire time we smoked this cigar, there was this one really unique flavor that comes from the way this was fermented and aged. And it was a very buttery, like a buttery nipple kind of taste across the entire cigar. Interesting. Um, so when you throw it against the whiskey, I end up with a ch- smoked chocolate butter bread. Like Guinness rye bread Uh-oh. with a cinnamon butter. That's, that's together, that's where I end up on it. And I think, I, I, oh, it's, it's, it's not fucking terrible, I'll tell you that. Um, it's really good. I do enjoy the whiskey, though. I think it's good. It is really good. I can sip on this, and you can see our my old Forester Glen Cairns. So I'm cheating, but yeah, but you know, it's whatever. not a rum chot or anything like that. I mean, no, it's no, it's really... it's not. It's not. It's not. What I really, what I really, really enjoy is that it's not. A lot of times when you have higher spice or heat content in whiskey. I think a lot of companies will try and match that with the sweetness to try and help settle the proof. That's not happening here. There is there is a sweetness there. That's that that weird you know smoked chocolate I'm talking about. But the way the proof hugs your tongue, I, I just I really really enjoy that. I like it. So let's hear what they yes their notes on yes. this. What they thought. Oh, Dried dark fruit, 
So French Mendian. Mendian. French Mendian. <laughs> Mondian. I feel like I should have a. I should shave and put a bow tie on. But yeah, that was our goal. Um, you know, when we went in with the flavor um, profile that we wanted, I think I don't know if Abby said this before, but we wanted to go in with like Grandma's Christmas craft, so that chocolatey, um, kind of that graham crust, graham cracker crust, like a little bit of saltiness, and then you know you get that spice from the whiskey, and um, we wanted a decent, like a medium long finish, and a pretty decent, like hate to say it, but mouthfeel to it. Yeah, it hugs your yeah. tongue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, what about you, Abby? I mean, you kind of sold my thunder. No, I was kidding. I was going <laughs> to get into the science of the wood staves, but you covered that. For me, it was, you know, the nose is very vanilla caramel, mm-hmm. which happens with a wood-aged spirit. Um, but the, you know, right, like Elena said, is that graham cracker chocolate dessert that I'm used to bring to the holidays, but... For me, what was the most unique about it is that it was like after you're done sipping it and you just kind of let it sit in your mouth for a second, it's almost like a very creamy, salted honey. And I don't, like that's not a thing, but that's what it was, that's what I was getting. (laughs) Sounds like just what we said. Uh, yeah, but very, very yeah. much better. Very much better. Yes. Yeah, you guys just put a few different words around. So, I do want... We've been talking about it for a year now, so don't feel bad. That's yeah. good. That's good. I'm glad you haven't memorized. That's very good. You can't mess up now. So, I do want to ask uh, one more thing, and then I want, I, then when we, when we get done, before you guys have to go, um, I want you to please re-announce the event date. Um uh-huh rung for women let's make sure that gets out there but something i'm incredibly curious on is i've never done any picking with and abby i don't know if if i expressed this earlier when you pick this with a stave profile how do you get to the idea of how many staves you want are you tasting these individual finishes in each of these stages and then Um. you pick them or what how, how did how did you take your math to get to this pick of 10 staves? <laughs> so it's kind of like a science experiment. You basically have, you have each of the, you have the maker's mark wood finish each separately. So there's a bottle of maker's mark cuvee, there's a bottle of maker's mark baked American cure, there's a bottle of maker's mark Mondian, and then the other two that we didn't choose were the 46 and the spice. So what you do is you end up, you get, 10 slots, right? So ultimately, we'll say it in ounces. You get to choose one ounce 10 times. So you can choose, I don't remember what we started with. I think we started with like five, four, and one of something, and then we got to this one, one, eight combo. Abby, let me, Abby, let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. This will follow what I'm saying. Are these the only five staves available for your profile pick? For any makers, my private selection, yes. Okay, cool. Thank you. The P2, the Cuvée, the 46, the French Spice, and the French Mondian. Mondian. The the French Mondian just replaced the Mocha. So if you do see, like, you know, other bottles on the shelf, the Mocha was the old one, I think, before pre-2011. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. So it was basically a science project, right? So you pour two ounces of one in a bottle you pour two ounces of another in the bottle and you sort of swirl it around and you sample that 
And if you like it, great, you've made your pick. If you want to tweak it a little and see if you can do better, then you change up how many ounces of each one you use until you get to something that you're really proud of. So Elena and I went through six different combinations of the five staves and ended up, this one I think was our fifth choice. And the sixth one, we just wanted to confirm the fifth choice was our favorite, so we made a sixth one, and we're like, yeah, no, we like this one better. Um, but everyone works with the same amount of staves, the same amount of options. There's only 1,001 total combinations that you can come up with with these five staves. So there are some duplicates floating out there in the world. Okay. Now, with those duplicates, are they all, are they true duplicates? Like the proofing is going to be the same, the whole nine? Great question. I don't know the answer. Okay. That's yeah, I'm just, just I curious. Say, I would say probably because I don't think they um, filter it at all. So it may vary, I guess, depending on the barrel because there's always some, you know, variation that happens. Right. Yeah. But depending on what the barrel is when they lay it down for the right least, I think. I know when we picked ours, she, uh, Greta had said, you know, that I don't think very many people pick this much French Mondiant, and so I well, think ours would. So I, I will tell you, in this stave profile, I've got two inside that I'm going to go look at. I don't think I've seen zeros in any of these hash marks. <laughs> I really don't. It's well, pretty rare. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Know, we know what we like. Because <laughs> I know, I know with a lot of these that I've. What's going on? This free. Oh, hell. Damn it. All right, guys. Well, we lost the bourbon and the blondes because I don't pay for Zoom anymore. That's a shit show. I apologize. Um, that was a great time with them. I, I, I really enjoyed the bottle. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah, it was great. Um, I will say, I will, I will share with you, and I'm going to have to text them. And, uh, yeah, hang on, I'm texting Abby. No, I've had quite a few of these over the last three or four years. And this is really a good one. I mean, yeah. Right, here, I'll bring them back for one second. But we're going to wrap the podcast up uh, here in a minute. Um, I just want to make sure that Abby and Elena can do their thing. Um, I want them to talk about it. Uh, we'll have them come in. Rung for women sounds to me. I think I, I, I didn't know, right? I'm, I'm not. I don't think I'm a. I don't think I'm an asshole, but I didn't know that programs existed. Something like that, right? Yeah. And I think that's really unique. A program, and especially a program like that that is open to individuals coming in as women and bringing something in like a whiskey to donate towards that, which I, I find that yeah, I think it's fantastic. amazing, right? I, yeah. I, that's super unique. Are you guys back Abby, on? you back? I am. Okay, sorry. I'm the cheap bass that doesn't pay for uh, Zoom Pro. So apparently that's okay. there's a, a whopping 45-minute get-the-hell-out clause. So... I didn't know that. That's okay. Okay, so what I was saying, um, and then we'll kind of let you guys run this off. Um, what I have seen in a lot of these private selections is that Makers 46 usually has a minimum of two stage or two stave additive in the collection. Um, I think that a lot of these picks, 46 is their base for their spice and their, their proof building. 
just just guessing off the top of my head, and then they try and sweeten it across the board. I think that's what happens there, personally. It might be. Maybe. We've been a part of three, two with other groups, and then this one just ourselves. And, you know, it really just depends on the initial preferred flavor profile. Like, if you want something that's a little spicier, if you want something that's sweeter, and then they, they build from there. All right, so let me ask you one, both of you one more time, and if each of you will answer separately, because I know you have this shit memorized, but be separate. What was the taste profile you wanted in this bottle? Well, you nailed that because the chocolate hugs my yeah. tongue. I mean, it's hard not to when you put eight chocolate stains in there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> right. Duh. Yeah, I would I think, so, Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say chocolate, caramel. Um, what do you think? I think, I don't know if we were necessarily, I think we were like saying like salted caramel chocolates, but I think it was also sort of like, a memory or like a feeling that we were also going for because we chose this last April but you know supply chain so got delayed and we wanted something that you could just like sit down with people who love whiskey people who didn't love whiskey and everyone would enjoy it and everyone would just like love it at a bonfire dinner party whatever so it was we wanted that salty chocolate caramel kind of vibe but we also wanted it to be incredibly approachable and enjoyable by Okay, one thing I want to ask you guys, have you cut this with ice or water yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying I've done ice. Okay, you both probably did ice. I don't imagine either one of you doing the water thing, but um, did you, what did you find was different with the cooling effect of the whiskey? Well, we're we're asking you because we're not gonna do it. So, no, I'm just that's curious. Fine. That's yeah. a good question. I think it's fair. So I made old fashioned with mine, and then I just did it with like an ice ball the other time. And I think you know, depending on like the ice is obviously going to cool it down. Yeah, so if it's too hot on your tongue, it it makes it gentler. It opens up the flavors. The nose is easier to pick out very specific things. The taste you can pick out like. Definitely chocolate, definitely salty. There's a little bit of spice. You can almost get more dried fruit out of it when you add ice. Um, and the old fashioned was freaking delicious. <laughs> okay. I mean, I just last week had dinner somewhere and we had uh, homemade apple pie with, you know, vanilla ice cream. And man, I think this would have been absolutely fantastic with that. Um, I could have made a good burger. Would have been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say overall, ladies, I think you knocked this out of the park. Um, this is going to sit around for a few months, if not a year, before we pour it again, um, just to see what it does. You know, um, okay. one of the things that we really enjoy, much like slight aging on cigars is doing the cherry pop on a bottle letting it oxidize aerate just a little bit pour it and then wait 
I think that one of the most beautiful things about about bourbon specifically is what it does when it sits in a bottle. I know there's no science to that. There's no, that might just be all bro science, the whole nine. But I think <laughs> when, when whiskey sits, um, especially after you let just enough air into it, you know, you pour it, you know, I, I, if you saw, I left it open during the first pour, then I capped it and put it back, right? Just a little bit, That's we'll like touch it. putting a bottle of red wine. You're like letting it oxidize and breathe. Right, but I'm not decanting this. That's 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 where I draw that line. I'm it's coming out of the bottle. I want I want to. My problem is I'll put it in a decanter and then six months from now I'll be like, mm, yeah, not quite sure. <laughs> Forgot. It happens. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Um, okay, this has been fantastic. Thank you guys so much, and thank you so much for doing the bottle. This is amazing, okay. Abby. Thank you yeah. for dropping it off. I was watching Mean Girls at the Fox. Great show if you want to go see it. Amazing. Um, I have to say, that was incredibly unexpected. I was not thinking that's what you would say. I am a it. show guy, man. I fucking love Broadway. <laughs> Very unexpected. Oh, thank you. I will take that as a comment. I love Broadway. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Um, that's funny. Yeah, dude, it's like Lindsay Lohan's best movie, dude. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, okay. So... Well, there's that. If you will re-shout re uh, the date of the event, and then I want you guys to do your selfless plug uh, for Bourbon and Blondes. Yeah, for sure. Please. Um, the event, it's our Make Smart Release cocktail party at Infinity Run for Women. It's on March 25th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Rung for Women campus in the Fox Park neighborhood in downtown St. Louis. Tickets start at $45 for just ticket only, and you can get a ticket plus a bottle if you so desire. Those are $115. The event will include an open bar, food, treats, food made by the chef of rum, an auction, a DJ, swag, all kinds of stuff. So show up and join us. Where can tickets be bought? They are linked in our Instagram profile. Okay. Um, they're also on the website. Yeah, on our website. So. Okay, cool. I'll make sure we share all of that. Um, yeah. All right, and shout out Bourbon and Blondes, man. Uh, Elena, well, actually, hang on. Elena, where are you at right now? Oh, I'm in New York, but I'm headed to Panama tomorrow. Okay, when the effing fuck are you back in St. Louis? Uh, She's never coming home. Yeah, I get back next week, and I'll be around for a little bit, then I travel for uh, work for a few days, and then I'm back for the event as well. <laughs> Okay. All right. We'll see you at some point then. All right. Yeah, you'll see her at the event. You guys gotta go get your tickets. We'll be at the event. Yeah. We'll we'll make sure we're at the event. We'll be there. I promise. Yeah. I'll bring we'll bring the wives and everything. It'll be a good time. Oh good. I tell you what. You get you get you get our girls to drink whiskey. We'll be forever indebted to you. How's that sound? That ain't. Don't worry. We got it. We well, got it. Hey, hear this out. Hear this out. My wife she drinks Whistle Pig Ten Year. Like I have to keep it because she's a a mooch on it. I have to hide the bottles. Yeah, and that ain't happening with mine. She's a wine girl. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. she will not be drinking bourbon. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you that I just did um, school pickup for my niece. I took her to school this morning, and I was talking to my sister's friends who are parents that were at school pickup, and um, she was saying that she just doesn't like bourbon. And I said, I asked her if she likes wine, and I'm like, the next intro into bourbon is if you can 
find a little bit lower of a proof, uh, maybe not starting at 110, but something finished in some wine, you know, wine barrels, wine cast finish is uh, is a good place to start. And, you, you know, I really enjoy that statement. You know, one of the best introductions to a wine drinker to bourbon, and it's literally one of the hardest goddamn bottles to find now. Blood Oath packed two, was it a Cabernet Sauvignon barrel? Yes. Is it two or three? Yeah. I don't it remember. Was it was seven. It was Asian Sauternes barrel, which is a white wine. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. But that, but that, 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 that. Uh, two was it two or three the green green label bottle i know what you're saying i remember yeah. it was two or three. that that thing so in in well you guys are in missouri jesus jesus christ have you had norton wine uh, nope. n-o-r-t-o-n norton yes yeah, he, he could explain missouri, it better that's a missouri grape norton norton wine has a very so it's wine when it hits your palate the retro on it is very much that of a barrel stave finish. Oh, yeah. it, it, it sits on your tongue. It runs through your nasal cavity. You can feel it in your chest. It's a deeper, darker, heavier set wine. People that drink Norton, if you can ease them over. Actually, you know the one that's uh, Davies County French Oak. That is that that even if you got to throw it on some ice, even that will kind of shed some some easy transition play there. Or there's always Balvini Caribbean Cask 14. Magic Scotland. Um, All kinds of options out there. Yeah, a lot. Probably too many to be honest. But anyway, okay. Uh, please give the shameless plug for the podcast. When is your next episode dropping? Um, and can we pick the word of the day? Um, well, the next episodes have already been recorded. Okay, can we pick now. the next next word um, of the day? The, the next season we do, I will let you pick a word. Okay, thank you. It's going to be atrocious, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> All right, ladies. Do you want to give the plug or do you want me to do it? Oh, yeah, no, so you can find us on uh, bourbonandblondes.com. You can search Bourbon and Blonde. We're on about just every podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, all of, all of the platforms. Um, Bourbon and Blondes on Instagram and Bourbon and Blondes STL on Facebook. Um, yeah, go to our website, uh, bourbonandblondes.com. You can buy tickets to the event. Um, you can also listen to the podcast there. And you can also buy a ticket to, or you can just buy a bottle if uh, you can't make the event. So. We have two options on the website. Um, it links to a secondary page, but on that website has the event information, uh, options to buy, and if you just want to buy a bottle. Awesome. Yeah. There it is, guys. You got it. Go ahead. Well, listen, from me, Bourbon Cabo, we appreciate you guys dropping the bottle off and including us in your endeavor. We really appreciate it. And uh, I'm assuming we will be at your event and look forward to it. We'll be at the event. Oh yeah! Thanks for having us, guys. We appreciate your support and getting a bottle. You won't miss us. We'll be like the least dressed up people, I think. <laughs> or however we. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if the weather's nice, I'm in flip flops and I might have sleeves on. Just letting you know right now. I don't know. We don't care. Okay, you right on. Whatever clothes you want, as long as you're wearing clothes, you can come in. What is the limit of clothes? Like <laughs> all, all, they all body parts have to be covered. Yeah, Dang. As long as you don't wear 
Sock with sandals, we're good. Sock, ain't no shoobies around here, girl. <laughs> ain't no shoobies around here. All right, ladies, thank you so much. Um, Abby, again, thanks for dropping the bottle off. Elena, we're so happy you were able to join us. Um, thank you guys for taking the time of day to do this with us. You guys picked an amazing product. I hope um, that between you and us and where this is going to go, uh, I really hope that we do enough for Rung for Women. Uh, that, that's an amazing, amazing, amazing charity that you're working with. Uh, to my ignorance, I think both of our ignorance, we didn't even know that existed. Um, it's new, so don't, don't hate yourself too much. Well, I don't hate myself. I said my ignorance, not my <laughs> thought of myself. <laughs> well, they're about three years old, so you're good. You're oh, cool. No worries. Yeah. I've only been here six years, so I'm not that horrible. We're good. All right. Thank, ladies, thank you so much. Uh, you guys go ahead and sign off. Um, with your permission, we're going to share a bunch of stuff today through social media and to some other people. Um, we're going to see if we can't sell your event out, okay? Hell yeah. If you guys need direct links to share with people, just message me and I will. send them over. Abby, I'll shoot you a text when we're done. Elena, thank you so much for being here. Enjoy all your world travels and not hanging out with any of us. It's cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having us guys we'll talk yeah. Alright we'll see you guys Bye ladies thank you Alright guys so that was The Bourbon and Blondes Man um, I gotta tell you If you're here If you can be here uh, If you can be a part of this um, Please join this event I think um, It's gonna be a great event Alright I really mean that So let me fix my doohickey here Okay, we're unscrewing shit. We don't know how to work our machines. We're really bad at this. All right, guys. Yeah, um, this has been great. So what we should do, because we didn't really talk about it, um, how'd the cigar in for you, the Arcana, the Firewalker? It kind of just went down the hill, but, you know, come on. we're The wind was going, and then we were talking a lot, so... It wasn't like I gave it my whole effort, but I had to light it quite a bit, uh, quite a bit there at the end. Yeah, that's what um, I'm doing right now. Yeah, yeah. It happened a lot, and I don't know if that was because of my of the wind or because you know we were talking a lot and uh, I wasn't paying enough attention to it. But overall, I thought it was a really good experience and different, a little different. Yeah, than, um, I will say you help you helped me through tasting this because what I was tasting initially was not coming through to me um that buttery sense that you put off i think the until now like the, the last two inches of the cigar um when i was tasting it against the whiskey uh you know when when elena and everybody was on um i really kind of i think i lost the cigar a little bit I thought it, kind it of did it right did what it end. did for the whiskey and i, I think this with the bourbon and blondes pick was great it's a good pairing but i think the winner is that old forester in this cigar oh yeah but now i'm not gonna lie it's the buttery has gone away yeah it's gone um you get a really flat i'm gonna use that white pepper that joe talks about right joe knows that there's like a citrus dip that's like coming in and i say dip like as if you're dipping tobacco into your gums and kind of floating around um, the cigar's a win. I like it. Maybe if we didn't do so many different things, it probably would have done its dance the whole way through. But I'm not upset. I think it was good. No, I yeah. agree. 
Um, so what I'm going to do, uh, we're going to end the podcast, guys. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that the Bourbon and Blondes could come on here. This barrel, this bottle pick, barrel pick, this bottle. I'm sorry. Make the event, man. Come down and show your support. Uh, Rung for Women. It sounds like a fantastic charity. These ladies are talking it up like it's amazing. We're going to take their word. I hope it's great. Um, I'm very excited that we're going to be a part of it. Well, I think yeah, it's man, really go cool. down and empower some women. I yeah, mean, they're fuck doing yeah, some dude. good things, right? Oh, yeah. Look, they're beautiful. We can't do it without them. No, we cannot. We literally don't <laughs> exist without them. So there you go. Right, absolutely. Um, let's make sure everyone gets out there. We're going to share this over the next four weeks. You're going to see three posts a, a week about this. Hopefully, you guys come out. Um, maybe we'll throw something together that we can auction or something. I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right. From the Viking, mahalo, guys. Thank you so much. It's been a great day on the podcast. Um, wish the Bourbon Cowboys safe travels. He's got some travel coming up. Make sure he's okay. I need him to come back or you'd have to listen to me all the time by myself. Ain't nobody want that. Uh, <laughs> all right, so Cowboy, love you, my listen, man. Listen, man, from the Bourbon Cowboys, always, man, we uh, appreciate you guys listening. And, man, if you can get out today, take the rest of the day when you guys get out of work and enjoy it. Frickin' beautiful day, and we'll see you next time. Giddy.